Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the Full 40 with Chris and Rob, part of the Stay Tuned Network, brought to you by Nova Insider. Rob, it is 10 p.m. on December 1st of 2020. It is December. Yeah, we too old for this shit. I thought we got I thought we got over doing like late night podcasts like two years ago. And yet here we it's are. It's not even it's 10 o'clock. Dude. Come on, grow a set. Dude, I go to, I go to bed at like ten thirty. I'm old as yeah. shit, man. This is like this is pathetic. Well, then you got to be at least a little used to it after this week that which week just just was. It was it was a weird week. Yeah. And like Villanova, we are gonna just straight up roll with it for this yeah. podcast. Yeah. We're just we might decide it. to do another podcast after it just to emulate the team <laughs> just yeah, for kicks, yeah, just to just to practice. Yeah. Um. So anyway, unbelievable. And and a, a quick quick listener note. We were going to do the podcast like Sunday. We had all our plans like, yeah, we're going to do it Sunday. We're going to drop it Monday morning for the St. Joe's game and the Texas game and the Temple game. And then Temple got canceled. And I'm like, oh, maybe we should do it after the St. Joe's game. St. Joe's got canceled. Then Hartford got added. So anyway, here we are. It's Tuesday night. We're dropping this Wednesday. Yeah. We're just going. This, this is 2020. This is, this is the world in which we live. And what a time to be alive. Indeed. Okay. Indeed. So we've played four games like, like, like a week Weird. ago. We were like, yo, I, we need college basketball immediately. And now a week later, I'm like, we need a little bit of a break to understand what just happened. <laughs> it is. It's been a yeah. journey, a journey that I will say some credit to us. We said it was going to be chaotic. Didn't expect <laughs> yeah. it to be this it's somehow like we're always trying to like level set expectation wise as to like what, how crazy this can be, and we always come up short. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I really just don't understand. We expect no normalcy, and yet we let ourselves get well, like rocked to sleep. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. All right. So, team spent a fucking week at Mohegan Sun. Let's talk yeah, about it. So, I mean, I don't know. I just want to know who did well in the blackjack tables. Is that even allowed? <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know. Dada's definitely over eighteen. He's definitely over 21, and he's not playing, so I hope yeah. he did well. I'm just going to guess that Jay wanted to stay down there because he was just on a fucking heater. <laughs> he was on a heater. He was just like going to town. He's like, yeah, anybody, anybody need to play? Like, uh, yeah, we can, we can do another day. Give another day. Run it back. Um, all right. Let's get into this. So, so it was a weird week for us. We're three and one after one week of college basketball, and – and I feel like a lot of this has – I feel like the fan base feels weird. I'm just, like, reading Villanova Twitter. We've talked about Villanova Twitter, very much a thing. Um, we've, we, we've talked about Villanova Twitter. Villanova Twitter is in a weird headspace right now. I think we all are. Under, um, yep. Just the read I get from everybody is, like, I don't know what to make of all this and blah, 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 blah. I'm going to posit an idea for everybody to try and normalize this season a little bit. Take the Hartford game that was tonight, will be tomorrow, whenever, when you listen to it, but it was Tuesday evening, and make believe that it was the first game of the season. Because that's a very typical yeah. first game of the season. You remember we played Army a couple of years ago? We always play like some team that we usually beat up on 
on a Friday night in the pavilion, the first game of the season. So glorified yeah, practice. Yeah, yeah glorified practice, a warm up, get into the real spirit of competition, the whole nine. So just like envision Hartford came first. Okay. So now Hartford came first. Okay. We feel good about that, whatever it may be. Then we go to a turkey tournament. So this year it happened to be in Connecticut. And you get into your first game. You, you don't have your sea legs. You're in prime time. You don't know exactly what's going on. You feel a little bit weird. And you kind of get into a rock fight game with an opponent who, who looks better than you at times, but you end up being the better team and you, and you hold them off and you get, and you get a nine point victory. You, you don't cover the spread, but, but you get a pretty convincing victory. nonetheless. Okay, fine. We can all yep. buy that. It happens to every team every year. We, that happens all the time. Then you play a ranked team in your second game and you beat them and you look good. Okay. So you, the AZ state game, you beat them, you look good. You're like, okay, I see where the team's coming from. We got, we're now in tournament mode and whatever. And then you get to the last game of the tournament, Virginia Tech, and it's a team that's won two games. They're feeling good. Um, they're kind of hot. Uh, maybe they didn't have as hard a path as you did to, to that championship game. And they beat you. Um, and you look good at points during the game, and then, and then you just run out of gas, and, and, they, and they beat you. If you just think about the season from that perspective, which is kind of like a common occurrence, maybe not in the last few years where we've done really well in November – um, yeah. but, but like that's happened before in Jay's era, like you probably walk away from it being like, okay, got off to a good start. A lot of good, some bad, lot to work on. It's only November. So, yeah. So, yes. so a lot of season to still improve and I'm excited for the season to, to take place and, and happen. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at right now. After the Hartford game I was like, okay, I finally saw a game against a team that was clearly inferior but I get to see the team whip up on somebody. Not that I'm taking a ton away yeah. from any of that, but just to say, okay, make sure that the team isn't rock fighting with everybody because, yeah. because you want to see the team whip somebody. And so, okay, good. Got that out of the belt. So, okay, now we know that our future first round game, we're going to kick some ass. Good. So now yeah. we move on to like, okay, what do we look like in the other game? Yeah. I think that's fair. And my, my advice to the fan base is basically, look, if you looked at the polls, you saw we were number three a week ago coming in, right? And then we dropped like 10 spots or so to number 12, depending on what poll you're looking at, which like, I mean, just huge drops. And you saw a ton of movement in the other polls. So UVA had a huge drop. Kentucky had a huge drop. And, and my, my advice to everybody is just take a pause, take a step back. We talked about this in the last episode as well, this season is going to be a little bit herky-jerky. And I think if you actually put the narrative that you just described back in like the analyst heads, you probably actually don't see quite as much a drop. Yeah, you'd see a drop in a few spots. But point being, don't read into the drop as the actual performance. Like, just read into that of, hey, the analysts are being a little nutty because they actually don't know what to do with this and how to interpret what the teams are going through right now. Because to be very clear, what the teams are dealing with and going through, Villanova especially, which we'll get into based on how we did this and how we played those games, what you see in our record, I don't think, and even in the games, isn't quite a true reflection of this team's yeah, potential. I, I agree with that. And I would also just, I want to stick on the analyst point because we brought them up. I, yeah. I got to say, I, I'm totally in the opposite direction of college basketball analysts this year. I genuinely, generally like them. 
Um, I like yeah. all of them. They all have their interesting personalities. I kind of like following them on Twitter. They're oftentimes friendly with each other. I enjoy all of it. It's part of the, my fun with the season is I actually like broadly the media group that co- covers college basketball. I like making fun of the ones sure. that are easy to make fun of and the whole nine yards. I like a lot of that. Um, I don't agree with how they're approaching this season. I think what they're seeing is, okay, I normally have like 30 games to evaluate a team, give or take, and now I have less. So I have to draw more pointed conclusions from every game. I take the opposite view of this has been a weird, herky-jerky start to the season for a ton of teams. No one knows exactly. Teams have had to take two, three weeks off the whole nine yards. Everyone's developing and start and stop type of pace. It's all kind of herky-jerky, whatever. I actually have less stock in the individual games and how each game plays out than I did a season ago. Yes, 100%. Like, 100% so, like, so, like, if a team looks the part, if a team has the players and, like, has the talent, I'm more inclined to say, let's not overreact in polls and tweets and whatever and just kind of, like, let it be. At some point in time, the analytics will take over. They'll work themselves out. You'll be able to get a better feel on this. I'm not saying, look, we move, We deserve to move down. We lost a game. Like, like we deserve Several. to move down. Yeah, 100%. To say that we're not a top 10 team, when you originally had us as a top three team, as like a national championship favorite, just because we lost in a really tough matchup um, versus a team who played exceptional. Like, like I have a hard time saying we deserve to drop nine spots as a result of that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. That was, uh, that was quite a drop. That was like, if we would have lost like, by 30 to Virginia Tech. I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe. But, like, we lost in overtime in a game that we actually should have closed. So, like, everybody, cool your jets. Yeah, it's going right, to be fine. Right, right. If, if one bounce goes a different way, we're still ranked number three. So, like, so like yeah. that doesn't make any sense. None. Um, no, definitely doesn't. So, should we talk about some of the some of the takeaways from the game? Like, obviously, we, we mentioned we don't want to read into it too much. But, like, we can still – we can still draw some conclusions from what we've saw, given that we this team play four games. Yeah, let's do it from the let's do it from the order that I said. So Hartford, I said we're not going to spend a lot of time on that, but just a couple quick things there. You got to call out Dixon. You got to yeah. call out Dixon. Oh, um, yes. Who had a double double um, and 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 looked great. Slater hit a couple of threes. Um, little confidence building there. Like that was that was big. Like. I genuinely, generally liked just what we got from the bench today. I think that's kind of an obvious statement. But again, in a game yeah. where we've already agreed we can't take too much away from, it was good to see some confidence-building type performances from some of the bench guys. I think that's spot on. And I'll, I'll put a little bit into the other game, the other games as well. Dixon is a guy who I'm really liking what I'm seeing. Um, you know, I think we, we alluded to this in, in some of the other podcasts, like he has the tools. We just want to make sure that he's like, he's totally like, he's just going like balls to the wall. And I've been super impressed with his mobility, how quick he gets up and down the floor, how pretty nimble he is and definitely how confident he is around the hoop. Like he goes up pretty strongly and the guy is a tree. Like, he is a tree underneath the basket. I mean, like, cannot be moved. It's nice to have somebody that strong underneath the hoop. So, again, don't want to read into this game too much, but even looking at the stuff in the other games, I felt confident that, yes, he can actually be a contributor when it comes down to the rest of the regular season, and I really expect him to pick up some other solid He's too. 
big. He plays bigger than he is. Because I've seen him like you see him on the court actually with the some of the times they get a close up of the camera. He's shorter than uh, J Rob, um, and J Rob's yeah. not enormous. Um, yeah. Like, look, he's six nine or whatever. But like, like that's tall. Like I'm not like look. I'm you know whatever. I'm I'm short in comparison. But for a basketball player playing a four or five, he's not. J Rob's not enormous, yeah. and neither is Dixon. But he plays big. Like no. I don't want to. I don't want to liken him to a Dewan Blair because way too early for that. Yeah, Whoa, but yeah, but yeah. like I'm saying that Dwan Blair played like Dwan Blair was like six seven. He played enormous yeah. Yeah, for yeah, his yeah. size. So that's my point on Dixon yeah. is that he plays bigger than he physically is. It's partly partially long arms, partially just his build. He's got he's got some yeah. girth. Call it what it is, man. He is yeah, uh, look, Eric Dixon was the was I Eric can't take Dixon, credit for yeah. that. Someone posted that on Twitter and I was like, that's fucking gold. Um, it'd be great. It'd be like if somebody stole Baywatch from us. Man, <laughs> be good. Oh man, stories from the offseason. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, um, but yeah, so Dixon definitely like that. So I think those were some good takeaways from from game one of the practice. Good minutes from complimentary players that ideally you say, hey, we can lean on you to contribute a little bit more in in some other selective situations yep. moving forward. Yep. Um, in terms of the BC game, what do we learn? We have a lot of work in terms of rim protection. Like we got no stops at the hoop. Like they, we were getting, we were getting carved up and people were getting and hitting everything up close. Um, it's interesting because like this is like good, bad and ugly on defense um, throughout these, throughout the three games. Not, I'm not including Hartford now um, throughout the other three games. It was good, bad and ugly in defense. Like this team in my mind switches better than any other J Wright team I can remember. It doesn't necessarily mean we're the best defensive team that I can remember us being, but like at this point in the season, we switch really well. Like I've been, I pay attention to that early on every year. It's usually a mess. There's usually guys wide the fuck open. Um, there were some yeah. lapses, um, but, but broadly we switched really well. The guys were communicating super well. Maybe some of that has to do with the quiet in the, in the arena. Um, that, that the communication mm. was just that much more crisp and clear. Um, but however yeah. you get there, it doesn't matter to me. Um, and it's not going to, not like there's going to be a buttload of fans going forward. So, yeah, it's so, totally true. so, so yeah, however it works better. Good. Take it. I'll take that. Um, the other takeaway from the BC game is that, is that Jeremiah Robinson Earl needs to stay on the floor. Um, when he was out because of his foul trouble, we looked, in big trouble when he came back in, he was the clear difference maker. And he took that from the BC game yeah. into the Arizona state game. And we can announce it now. Yeah. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is the first official alpha dog of the week. Arf, 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 arf baby. <laughs> he absolutely deserves it. I was going to say, we can't just talk about J Rob with the BC game. It has to be talked about in conjunction with the Arizona state game, because those two games together, Wow, what a performance. He was absolutely electric. And, man, Billis was just all over J-Rob's dick. <laughs> if Billis happened to be in the same building as J-Rob, I know where he was spending the night on whatever that was Thursday because he was all about Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He was talking about National Player of the Year, this and that, and rightfully so because at that point, 
two games into the season, he looked like he could do whatever he wanted. He had that Dante Cunningham mid-range jumper, which we need to talk about the return of the mid-range. Forget sleep, shoot him up, sleep in the streets. The mid-range is back, baby. But anyway, J-Rob was doing it all in the glass, knocking down the shots. He had that uh, coast-to-coast dunk. Like, oh, yeah. oh, my God. It was unbelievable. That is one of the big takeaways from the two games is J-Rob is the that real That coast-to-coast dunk, so, is, that the, is that our first Shaq fit man play of the week? I think, I think it, it kind of yeah. has to be. I, I mean, because it, it, be. it, was, it was both ends of the floor. I mean, he gets the board. I think he impacted the defensive play. He gets the board. Um, no one, everyone goes away. And it's just like, okay, you bring the ball up. And he's like happy to do so. Dribbles all the way up the yeah. court and just slams a dunk home. And he doesn't play above the rim much. Um, so no. like to see him just jock on him was pretty fucking <laughs> sick. It was nice. It was nice. I like, I like, the, I like when J-Rob threw down. So J-Rob collecting all of the full 40 awards for the week. Happy to give it to him. I guarantee it will not be the last time. That's correct. Happens. That's correct. Um, okay. So we, we, we talked about J-Rob and, and we bled into the Arizona State game. Um, yeah. I, I think you touched on one big point on the Arizona State game that I just got to talk about is the mid-range jumpers. Like, like I think Chef pointed out, like, hey, when did we become – I thought we were shooting up, sleeping in the streets. What is all these twos about? And like I'm paraphrasing yeah. a little bit, but not by much. And it was like, yeah, it was like Jay has gotten everyone thinking that we're going to sh- shoot threes and make layups. That like the mid range was wide open. He's like, okay, we're going to shoot from there now. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was something else. I will say though, we made up for it um, by the Hartford game where we shot 37 yeah. threes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, came it, it, way back. We regressed to the mean quite a bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but broadly speaking, like. We were up and down shooting wise over the past week. Um, it was so, but one of the predictors of how you're going to shoot threes, analysts talk about this all the time. It was one of the reasons why the 2016 team took off in this, in the, in the, in the, in the um, March Madness was that, was that how you shoot twos is often a predictor on how well you shoot threes. So, like, so, like, Wait a minute. How you shoot shorter shots is a good predictor. One of the storylines was from the 2016 team was like that the three pointers weren't going down for that team early on in the season. Mm, And people were like, they should be better because this the the previous year's team was really good and they have a lot of good three point shooters on the team. And so and so they were looking at him like, well, it's got to click in at some point in time because their 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 two percent is super high. And then, lo and behold, by the by the end of that season, we went on an absolute fucking tear and just yeah. shredded everyone to pieces in the NCAA tournament. So my point is, is that when I saw the team shooting well for mid range, which everyone was, I was like, okay, we'll be fine from three point range. We just got to get our legs under us and get used to the whole speed of the game. Okay, okay. But yes, yeah. Oh, team who shoots well shoots well. Yes, yeah. Of course. Yeah, I get it. I get <laughs> yeah, it. I get like, it, thanks, Rob. I thanks get it. for that. There was Captain Obvious is all over the tournament. Um, this is this is the insight we bring you. If the you full shoot, 40. teams teams who shoot well <laughs> shoot well. Wow. Um, <laughs> Stay with us for more insights coming. And then I think we got to talk about Virginia. Yeah. Um, and and I got to be honest with you. So I talked about it earlier. Virginia Tech played at an extremely high level the entire game. Their defense was terrific. Like like really really good. 
like oh, yeah. covered every passing line. I felt like we couldn't get the ball into the paint at all. Like it was just really hard. Wow. We got no daylight from them ever. And then during the second half, we kind of actually broke away for a bit. We got up 12 at one point in time. It, it quickly answered to go back to nine. So like, it wasn't like yeah. a real true point, true 12 point lead. It was kind of more like a nine point lead, but either way we got it down. We were up nine, 10 points. And, and that was despite their great defense. And then, and then man, it fell apart quick. It did. But like the headline thing is like all credit to Virginia tech. They came absolutely ready to play. They saw this as an opportunity. They brought their a game. We should have yeah. closed this out. This is a game. We close out historically. We make those free throws. We missed three front ends, front ends of the one and one, which is just, you, you can't do that. One of those front ends. May have been bullshit. That was so weird. Yeah. So what you're referring to is, I think it was Justin Moore was on the line. ESPN had indicated that it was, we were in the double bonus, but he only shot, they treated it as a one and one. So I don't know if that was, obviously if it's, if it ends up being a double bonus, you assume he makes one of those. And yeah, maybe I looked into the play by play on ESPN's box score on their app. And that foul with 10 seconds left, Justin Moore, it's it was supposedly our tenth foul. So like so like the, the the data provided in the box in the box was that that was the tenth foul, which means that we should wow. have been shooting two. We should have been in double bonus shooting two. I've never seen anything like this um, in my time. It just goes to show you the weirdness of the time. Now that being said, I've heard that Jay apparently cleared it up or whatever and said that there may have been a misunderstanding, but the referee. And the and the and the scores table um, all had it, and and Jay's coaching staff had it at nine. Now Jay could be covering for his coach there um, for like an assistant coach because it is one of the assistants' jobs. I don't know whose it is. I, I maybe I should, but I don't know whose whose job <laughs> it is this year to like track the box or as it's progressing and make sure that they have full understanding of the statistics and the foul situation and whatever. But we got to totally. know that. In, but it should have been a double bonus point of view. And I think Jay is probably covering for his coach. So, um, so like, then you play out the weird hypothetical. Okay, so we were up one. Oh, we were up two. No, we were up one. We were up one when, when Moore hit the line. He misses the front end of the, of the one and one. They come down. They score two and one to go up two with 1.3 seconds left. Now, if you play that back, he misses the front end. Then you have. Then you assume he makes the other one. Otherwise, the game doesn't change at all. Um, right. But you assume he makes one. Now all of a sudden you're up two. You might play defense a little bit differently. They force a different shot. The whole nine yards. Totally. And so like it changes the way yeah. that whole last possession plays out. It doesn't matter. It didn't happen. We went to overtime on that crazy string of events. Um, it was the right call. It was a charge the whole nine yards or whatever it was, it was a foul and, and, and more than hit both free throws. Sent us into overtime. Yeah. We were gassed. When you looked at when you watched totally. overtime, it was obvious. We totally were done. There was no legs left. No. Yeah. I mean the, that this game, it was, I think that is, that is the nail on the head. And it's, it's one of these, I have to imagine the team at that point um, was just kind of like, look, probably physically tired and I would imagine mentally shot too. Like, you know, you think if you tell somebody like, Hey, just work hard for the next day. And then you get a couple days off, you mentally prepare for that. You do that, which is basically our Arizona state game. Right. 
And then all of a sudden the next day you say, oh, just kidding. Like you've got to be back on the next day. Like that's a totally different mindset to get up for. And I would imagine both physically and mentally, these guys weren't necessarily prepared for that, let alone going to overtime. Um, So again, I think that the headline is, look, don't read into it too much about our potential. There are a lot of things that factored into that loss, though there are obviously a lot of things need to get fixed as a result of that. I will say the one positive that I took from him was seeing Colin just put the team back on his back, right? You know, we talked about J-Rob starring in the first two games, and it wasn't that Colin was quiet, but he appropriately took a back seat to the guy who was just crushing. And I liked seeing Colin say, look, nothing else is working. I've got this, guys. And he absolutely carried us the first half and a decent portion of the second half as well, too. So seeing him jump back into that leadership role was was nice to see. Yeah, and, and, and I want to talk about something. I, I totally agree on Colin wholeheartedly. He was the bright spot from that game. I want to talk about something, though, when we talk about exhaustion. Our players' conditioning was complimented the entire time for the past week by the ESPN analysts. Like, every game, there was a, there was a whole section, a couple minutes they devoted to complimenting our team's conditioning. When we say exhaustion... Yeah. What we're talking about is the players are well-conditioned and they're strong and they look different. They look more like pros, but like, but like there is a difference between like getting up for game speed and getting mentally prepared in the way this team methodically does it. That is, that is different than a lot of other teams. Not to say other teams don't prepare, but we're very much a method team. Everything is, everything for Villanova is on method. Now that doesn't necessarily bode well, for a season that's not going to be methodical at all. So, totally. so something to keep an eye on. However, like we also lost three weeks of Shaq fit, like ramp up early on in the season. So yep. there's a big difference between being physically conditioned and whatever. And also like when you add in the mental game, the, all the other stuff, like being like being away from family over the holiday, you add all of that together. Virginia tech only had played one game so far, we had played two. Like, all of that funneled into, like, just a general, like, hey, we're gas. And by the way, you yeah. talk to, like, Alan Ray on Twitter, Daniel Oshefu on Twitter, like, several of the other guys on Twitter all commented that these guys just got to be shot. So, like, this isn't just yeah. coming from, like, a fan who's just whatever. I'm the first to say these are 18 to 22-year-old kids. They better be ready to go and in shape and, and fit. To, to, to play three games in four days. I agree with that. But when you see players from the program who have gone through the same regimen, who have worked, who have put in the work, say, nah, these guys are just, these guys are just beat down and exhausted. Well, I mean, I think you need to call out, there's a reason why we're talking about this schedule being exceptional because it's exceptional. Like we don't play this many games in a row. Like that doesn't, it, it normally doesn't or happen. If, or so when it happens, there are some, when matters. You're prepared yeah, for the it. The Big East yeah. tournament is different. Like, right, like yeah, that, totally. you've gotten conditioned by a whole season of games. Like, it's a yeah. different mentality. Yeah, you, you know what you're going into. You're readying for that. You're preparing your body and you're playing those games properly. Not that they're not giving their all each game, but they know what they can give when they're leaning into stuff, when they're pulling back. And this yeah. was just different. So headline is, look, a lot of different things happening there. We've got some stuff we need to fix. Um, but there's, you know, don't, don't freak out yet. The, the one guy I do want to talk about um, who we somehow haven't mentioned yet yeah. Um, is yeah, I mean, Caleb Daniels. We were obviously bullish on Caleb Daniels, but 
one of the biggest takeaways is Caleb Daniels is clearly one of the top four players on this. We talked about him maybe being the fifth starter. No, he's clearly in the top four. Like those top four guys are J-Rob, it's Colin, it's, you know, I don't know actually at this point if it's Justin Moore or Caleb who's the third best player on the team. Because what we saw from Caleb, again, very early, very small sample size, but damn, the kid is super athletic, super jacked, and is a really skilled basketball player. And I heard. I mean, well, well, I mean, it goes without saying that he's just a great dude, just a great guy. He's a great guy. guy. Like Caleb Daniels is a nice guy, and I think we got to talk. We got to start any conversation about Caleb Daniels has to start and end there. Caleb Daniels is a super nice. Now, when he gets on the court, though, he's a bull. I did hear I did hear an analogy or a, a, a reference that Mr. Rogers actually modeled his show and behaviors after. Yeah, Caleb that's Daniels actually a, because Caleb Daniels was, that's was a such good a model point. Citizen. That's a good point. Caleb Daniels is the Mr. Rogers yeah. of his always on, but always nice. Yeah, always nice. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Caleb, Caleb Daniels, Daniels is in the handshake here. Well, not because of COVID, but Caleb Daniels is in the handshake line. Everybody, like, will you be my neighbor? <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh dear, dear God! Um, but anyway, Caleb looked incredible. He's 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 a truck. The kids, are, the guys, a truck. He looks like a running back, and also, he also really kind does. of like he looks like a more athletic, more built Scotty Reynolds a little bit, a little bit. Oh please, Scotty Reynolds looked like dream. No, 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 no. I understand. Also, Scotty Daniels, uh, Scotty, Scotty Reynolds. Um, <laughs> Also was in that era where like there was no skin tight outfits and, and the whole nine yards and you wore baggy clothes and in like the co- on on the court and, and on top of that Reynolds wore a t shirt underneath it. So like so like you could never it's tell true. how cut Scotty really was. Um yeah. but but my point is that it kind of looks like him a little bit. Um stretching, maybe. stretching, like real maybe, real far stretching maybe. on this. I'm going hard disagree. This is a why this is one of your no, wild no, no. mistakes. Anyway, either way, this is a terrible. Way, this is he's, a terrible. He's taller take. than I thought he was. He's stronger than I thought he was, and he's longer than I thought he was. Like, like, yeah, he was making blocks. He was reaching out. He was getting a piece of the ball. Like, like he was grabbing rebounds. And I was like, incredible. I was like, oh my god, this guy is ridiculous. Um, yeah, I was so yeah. Daniels is to me. I mean, look, Samuels. We got to talk about that. He's jumped Samuels in the packing order, and and. And, uh, yeah. and Caleb Daniels is the top four player on this team easily. Uh, on the on the more front, I still think more. It's funny because more would sometimes be a little bit of a freelancer last year, and he's kind of become more of a system guy now because more is more of a mm. system guy, and Caleb can be a little bit more freelancing in the early go. From what I've seen, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give more the nod over Daniel. That could change quickly. Mm, um, but yeah, I just want to point that. That's that's my one nitpick there um that's fair let's talk let's talk quickly about about samuels um and then then i think we need we need to move on because unfortunately we're taking up a lot of people's time true um so jermaine uh we alluded to this i think caleb literally and figuratively jumped over him um i gotta say wasn't liking what i've seen from yeah the shot form the shot form was terrible it looked like i was jacking up three pointers out there like i don't we, we alluded to his shot form being a little bit weird at the end, like towards the end of last year. It looks totally different now, but in a worse way. 
And I just, I, I wasn't excited about what I was seeing, yeah. unfortunately. And like we talked about him being an X factor and like, ah, seems to be like the, the ceiling right now from what I'm seeing. Yeah. Could change, we got to but... talk a little bit about Samuels. I don't love Caleb. I'm sorry. I don't love Jermaine slam. Um, only because we've seen this episode from him multiple times, but like, yeah, I don't want to make excuses either. I'm kind of going to take the, fa- I'm going to stay on the fairway with Samuels in that, in that I'm disappointed early on. I was hopeful that he would come out like shot out of a camp this year after three years before yeah. this of doing the exact same fucking thing. That's not happening. Yeah. But what he's shown me every other year, freshman year aside, cause he got hurt. Um, every yeah. other year aside is that he gets better and he gets more confident and he gets more into rhythm as the season goes. So I am going to hold out hope. Unfortunately though, it's clear that he is at this point an X factor at best. This team, in order to be a Final Four contender, is going a uh, national championship contender, is going to need him to be not an X factor. They need him to be a pretty reliable source going forward. He absolutely needs to work on his shot form. It looks ridiculous. He's pushing the ball. It's it's a mess. Um, he's still all over the all over the court on rebounds and whatever. He skies high for them. There's no lack of effort, um, but it's confidence. He looks like a mess out there. And he's yeah. overthinking everything. Yeah. It's like even if sometimes he's dribbling, you could just see him like thinking. He needs to stop with the thinking. Yeah. I've never seen a guy more in his own head every year than, than Jermaine Samuel. Every every year. Totally. So yeah. look, I'm gonna give him like the slightest bit of a pass. It's not necessarily a pass, but it's kind of like, hey, you're not doing well, but I believe in you. It's mostly it's mostly what it yeah. boils down to. But this team needs Samuels to step up, get out of his own fucking head, and start worrying about other people. Like, he needs to coach his like, – yeah. he's a senior. He needs to coach his teammates and let his performance just happen naturally on the court. Yeah, totally with you. Um, should we talk about one other guy who we haven't really mentioned, um, but maybe making the most headlines of the college basketball season – are one and only Gerald, Gerald Wright. Right. Yeah. I, I, we got to talk about this for a second because Jay Wright has kind of become the unofficial mascot of the COVID basketball season here. Jay COVID Wright, <laughs> perhaps? Um, no, you're, you're totally right. He's, uh, no one has embraced the chaos more yeah, than Jay like, Wright. It became like there's so many things that you could talk about when it comes to Jay early on in the season. Like, obviously, everyone points to during the broadcast and whatever, like the dressing, whatever. He's not in the suits, which, by the way, that's a little bit overblown because, like, every turkey tournament, he doesn't wear a suit on the sidelines. That's like, yeah. Nobody that's does. A whole that's the whole thing. So like, so, like, so, like, people made more out of it than whatever, but whatever it is. Um, today, he was wearing a light blue polo and a white belt. Like, so everyone was getting amped up about that. Whatever. That's fine. Um, either way, he looks good with that Villanova V mask. I like that look as opposed to that weird meshy coffee filter. Ooh, coffee. Yeah. I'm calling it a coffee filter because I don't, it's kind of what it looks like. Like, you know, you see a metallic coffee filter. Yeah. Um, yeah. It kind of looks like that. It, it also kind of looks like a, I don't know when you want to go there, but like, it kind of looks like a prop. It's go like there. a BDSM prop that some of these coaches are wearing. I don't know. <laughs> It's kind of weird. Like I'm expecting them to walk out with that, like with that, like hog dog. Like, like this is a weird look. Like I don't understand who's like advising these people, being like, "Yeah, that's the look." <laughs> yeah, uh, ours are at least branded. Like, oh yeah, here's a Villanova mask, which I 
assumed every single yeah. team would have. Yeah. Every Maybe single team. Maybe mix it up. And instead, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know what, the, I don't know yeah, who's supplying no, these guys. Maybe, maybe it is the, that was, the BDSM uh, yeah, that's what supply it is. group. It's Adam and Eve who's supplying their fucking masks <laughs> right now. Um, oh, my but God. Sorry, so I want to double back. Then, then you had the whole thing with, um, with, with Bubbleville. It's just been hilarious. Like, Jay has been like, yeah, we, we fucking love it. Like, and everyone keeps talking about it. And, like, the fact that Jay, like, he played the first two games, beat Arizona State, whatever. And then at like one forty-five, they decide to play um, Virginia Tech two games later. And Jay's like, "Oh, we just love it here, and we just want to play more games." And everyone's like, "Okay, this is funny enough, but they'll play another game on Sunday. Their Temple game got canceled. It's fine, whatever." Yeah. Then St. Joe's gets canceled, and it's like, "Kidding!" Jay playing another game on Tuesday, and and now the running it's joke wild. is that Jay Wright just doesn't want to fucking leave Bubbleville. Yeah, and 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 while he may love it, it came out just what yesterday today that like the yeah. team may not love it or the team has had a little bit of enough yeah, yeah. Wright i mean imagine football. look everyone of the fans would love three weeks unabated with jay Wright, but if you're coaching he's an intense guy would you he's an intense guy on the he's an yeah. intense guy on the sidelines he's an intense coach everyone we talked to from the program past and present has is like loves him but is also like look he's a lot like and and as you would expect him like you don't, you don't, you don't, yeah. you don't get to that level by being a, a pushover who's like, oh yeah, it's okay. Like no, you get there because you demand things yeah, from it, the people it, you work exactly with. Like, correct. You hold stop. them accountable in the whole nine yards. Like totally, totally yeah. get it. Like j- that's perfect sense. So like love it, and and we love him for all those reasons. Um, but but you go from a COVID break where you're not around him as much as a player. You have a three week yeah. pause in the middle of the season because of the COVID. And, and, and we've already talked about you can't just spend as much time around the players because of coronavirus restrictions. So, like, so like players have gotten a little bit used to less Jay in their lives. Yeah. And now, bang, all of a sudden, one full week of nonstop Jay Wright. And right. And plus, and I, you add yeah, on a tough, exhausted loss to Virginia Tech on top of that. And the team was just like, we don't want to fucking talk to him. On Monday, <laughs> like yeah, like, yeah, and, and to be clear, if you haven't seen the news, what we're referring to is like there was literally a, a report that came out. I don't know if Jay said it or whatever, but yeah, like the team literally went to like Dwayne Anderson was like, "Hey, like we, we just don't want to like talk to coach anymore," <laughs> and so like they had to like actually like yeah. keep Jay separate from the team to be like, "Hey, man, like give these guys a little bit of a break," which I totally get too. It's like, like you know, we talked about this earlier, like the expectations of the team mentally, if you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to deal with intensity for a couple days. And then I go get a break and all of a sudden your break is gone. And you're like, all right, that's fine. And stay around for another day. And then your break is gone again. And like, you're mentally like, what the fuck is going on, man? Like, I don't want to talk to yeah. you. Like this is, I, this is ridiculous. I, so I, I especially after a I totally loss, you know, the guy is going to just be up your ass yeah. nonstop. Like, yeah. like uh, yeah. they just went to, they went to Anderson and Nardi who makes sense because they're former players and they just went and they apparently went to it. It was Jay who said this, that Anderson and Nardi came up to him and was like, the players don't want to any part of you. Like, like, like none, <laughs> like, like leave them the fuck alone. It. And like, and like what they said was that they were going to give the players a break. Okay. Whatever. So they scheduled a team walk outside to like all like, you know, decompress and whatever. And they made Jay not go to the walk <laughs> because, because they were just really like, no, because, 
the point of the walk is to not talk about Virginia Tech, and we know that you're going to fucking talk about Virginia Tech. <laughs> and like, terrible. And like, it's Absolutely on one terrible. hand totally relatable. On the other hand, like, it makes you ask a couple of different questions. Like, one, is that a sign of immaturity? Like, and I want to, I want to tease this all out. Is it a sign mm. of immaturity? Like, the team should be coached. So, like, hey, too bad, suck it up. On the other hand, it's a sign of maturity because, as you remember, one of the storylines from the 16 championship game was that the team down five at halftime didn't let Jay into the locker room and said, we're going to take matters into our own hands. So is it a sign of we got it? Or is it another thing of just like COVID and whatever? My guess is it's a little bit of all three. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I think it's probably more on, on the last part of it. With the COVID thing, I, I just don't think with mentally everything happening, you can attribute a whole lot to it, which is kind of my takeaway from the whole week is like, don't read into a lot of this stuff. But it's it's funny regardless. It's pretty wild to see that come out. It's uh, just a sign of looking to the college basketballs. Um, that's good stuff. So, I mean, we kind of covered this past week. We do actually have... A big game coming up against theoretically Texas. I mean, well, I mean, Texas is setting daily COVID record. Like Texas is, Texas has got a scoring <laughs> record every day going right now on, on the COVID. But assuming that, yeah, assuming so, that so, doesn't get into Austin, <laughs> we're yeah. playing Texas on Sunday. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. So over the weekend, yeah, it's Sunday at uh, at Texas. So that will. That will be interesting. Texas just won today to push their record to 3-0. and You've got the always underachieved Shaka Smart, who does the least with the most. The guys had, like, top 10 recruiting classes year in and year out while he's been at Texas. And he has won zero, zero NCAA tournament games since not he's been at Texas. Not a good look. Dude is on the hot Not a great look. It's not a great look. The dude's very much on the hot seat this year. Um, that said, like they return a ton of players. Their team is basically all just like top 50 recruits, like from the past couple years, including a top 10 guy this year. So the talent level is there and they're off to a good start too. So this is, you know, technically they're ranked below us, but this is a very, very loopable. Totally. Totally. They're off to a hot start. They're supposed to be good. Again, they had talent level there. These guys are feeling themselves after th- after a really good performance in week one, and they're feeling, oh, man, we got Villanova at home. Everyone talks about Villanova, whatever. You know they're going to come out high. Um, yeah. now, and it's a – I was going to say and it's a home game, but – Well, I, I don't know. There might be fans there days, because so. Texas does whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> it's so. Texas. That's true. Actually, you're right. They yeah. Well, whatever it is, it's not going to be a full that's stadium. Interesting. So, um, no, no, no. Very true. So, but, yeah, I mean uh, – Yeah, look, go ahead. I want to say, hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna win because we're Villanova and they're not. But like, it's hard to say that we're gonna win this game. Like, like again, you would say an away team. I think they're like top ten in Ken Palm at this point. And like, yeah, we're going away to a top ten team in Ken Palm. You expect to kind of lose that game. Like, so, so I mean, maybe I feel like I'm making a hotter take than than I actually am. But I'm gonna go with a loss. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if we come away with a loss there. They've got a nice blend of experience with young, new young talent that is going to counter a lot of our talent. So, you know, you look at some of the guys they have on their team, they're they're led by a couple more veteran guards, Matt Coleman and Courtney Ramey. Courtney Ramey's a guy with a kind of a weird connection. Courtney Ramey was a guy 
we actually briefly recruited while we were also simultaneously recruiting JQ for the second time around. But then we prioritized JQ or the word got out he was going to pick Nova. So Ramey backed off and went to Texas. Well, I guess we saw how that played out and could have had Courtney Ramey instead of JQ. But alas, he's at Texas doing pretty well there. He actually had a winner um, earlier this week against, uh, I believe it was against Davidson, I want to say. So he and Matt Coleman are like their two lead guys. They've got um, top 10 freshmen this year. Um, his name is Greg Brown. So he's like six foot nine. Um, you got to think he's going to be one of the guys matching up against J-Rob. So like they've got some size. They've got some good guard play. They can balance us out and they can play with us both inside and outside. So it's going to be tough. Um, I'm kind of with you. I think this, I think this ends up as, as a loss just because these guys, I think are going to have some momentum. They're going to be back in their COVID playground. And, um, I think uh, Villanova runs the three record to three and two, I guess, which like, again, not the end of the world. It's going to be a weird year, but, um, but yeah, we'll see. Hopefully we, we uh, the only thing I would say well. is if we do go to three and two, it kind of does up change that UVA game. I don't want to say it makes it a must win. Nothing's mm. a must win. Um, it might make some of the big East games more must wins. Um, but like, if we do lose to Texas, you kind of say, okay, well, we got to get another one back. Um, so you say, okay, UVA is that game that we kind of got to get back. It's at MSG. It's later on, we'll, we'll do a full preview on it. It's later on in the month before the holiday. Yeah. Um, I would say that I would expect us to lose, but lose close. So if we lose by a lot, I kind of say, okay, you hope that's more like a 2016 Oklahoma early season game and not – yeah, uh, Harbinger, like a 2019 Michigan game. So you don't want to get blown out. Yeah. Um, if we do win, though, it'll tell me a lot about this. Like, like coming away, coming out of there with a victory in Texas at Austin with all the factors that we've already talked about would definitely say to me, okay, we're legit. And like, I already believe that we're legit. And I might still think we're legit even in a close loss scenario or even in a blowout. But like, a big a win against Texas at Texas in this kind of weird environment would be a hell of a statement win for us earlier in the season and take a lot of pressure off the rest of this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a, that's a totally fair point. Totally fair point. Awesome. Um, all right. So knock on wood, that game actually happens and we'll be back for you guys to preview the, the game that comes after that as well, which again, we have a little bit of a break after well, the Texas game too. So we'll see. Unless yeah, maybe My guess is that else. he probably won't schedule any more games this week. It'd be hard to fit it in. He probably wants us to take the time to get back home on the campus and, and prep a little bit and then get to Texas. So I'm going to guess that there's no other games happening in the interim here. I do think that Jay will look to fill the schedule out between Texas and um, Virginia a little bit more. No, I could definitely see that. Cool. Awesome. Um, anything I else? I got nothing. All right. Cool. Well, I guess we can awesome. uh, we'll wrap it up. Hey, thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, work with us here. We got – it's a weird schedule. It's a weird year. Um, we will come back with you to you with a podcast post the Texas game. Um, so early next week, you can expect something from us. Um, but besides that, appreciate you guys tuning in, appreciate the patience and the whole nine yards. Thank you for listening. And as always, let's go. Nova.